Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 907. Hello, and welcome back to the Everyday Novelist Moving Fortnite special. <laughs> yeah, and I guess we have gotten quite a lot of these. Yeah. Probably a good um, thing. Today we hear from Don, who asks, How do I make writing a priority when the world around me is so stressful and everything feels so much more urgent? Everything is always... It's this crazy thing about life, and it's easy to blame it on technology because technology makes the urgent more visible to you. Mm -hmm. But we've found even out here completely unplugged that the urgent always swamps the important. Mm -hmm. It's very, very easy. Though, to be fair, we're not completely unplugged. No, that's true. But we're much more unplugged than we were when we were, say, in the Bay Area or even in Lincoln City. Yeah. 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 The urgent is always, always more urgent than the important stuff, even the urgent important stuff. For the same reason that it's easy to put off doing... Sorry about that, we were interrupted, and we're not... By the urgent. By the urgent, in fact. Um, the urgent is always swamping the important, and anything that's important always has a degree of performance pressure attached to it. So the same reason that you may be tempted to put off doing your taxes till the last minute, like many of us have, or sometimes still do, anything that's urgent has, has got this, this ah attached to it. That's why it's urgent. And Mm -hmm. so it's really, really easy, even if you're putting the urgent thing off, to let it swallow up your consciousness so that you don't have the mental space for important things. And then there's another kind of urgent, and um, or another kind of urgency, and and that's you mentioned the world being so stressful, Mm. and a lot of people today. This might not be your situation. But a lot of people today feel the stress and urgency of things that they cannot control Control, and they cannot affect. Um, Larger political issues, how their state responds to a pandemic. Um, The economy coming unraveled. The economy coming unraveled. Those are things that you cannot control. And stressing about them doesn't help you and doesn't end the situation. And it doesn't help you respond as in as effective a way as you can to the way that those impinge in real terms on your personal life. Right. So there's urgent things that you have control over, like being able to do your taxes on time. Mm-hmm. And there's urgent things that you have nothing to do with, like everything that's going on in the world. Like the price of beef tripling in the last month. Mm-hmm. So one thing to keep in mind is not focusing on 
what you can't actually control. Yeah, it was it that wonderful line from Worf in uh, the episode Coming of Age in the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Thinking of things you cannot control only wastes energy and creates its own enemy. Um, the, urge, the wisdom of Klingons. Yeah, urge, the, the overpowering urgency about things you can't control, there's a word for that, it's anxiety. Yeah. Um, it's anticipating stress that's going to come in the future, and it's importing future stress into the now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of little urgent things, things that, that feel like they got to be done now. Um, I've got to clean the kitchen. I've got to run out to the grocery store, or I won't be able to cook what I want to tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. The... Project management trick for dealing with this is to draw a cross on a piece of paper and to label the quadrants. Upper left hand is urgent and important, stuff like your taxes and your bills. Stuff in the upper right hand quadrant is important but not urgent. And that's stuff like your writing. Stuff in your lower left hand quadrant is urgent but not important. And that's stuff like running to the grocery store at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And stuff like, uh, and the lower right-hand quadrant is stuff that's neither urgent nor important. Anything that lands in that lower right-hand quadrant, you get rid of. Just, ignore, just shovel it off your to-do list completely. Stuff that lands in the lower left-hand quadrant is the problem. And stuff that is urgent but not important, usually can be also safely ignored. The trick is training yourself to recognize when that's the case and ignoring it. The only things in that column you don't want to ignore are the things that, if you don't deal with them now, will create important problems that then elevate it to the top left. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is you want to deal with all the urgent and important things, and I mean really important, not feels important, like will have a deleterious effect on your life that you can predict and measure accurately if you don't deal with it now. That stuff you've got to deal with so that you can spend the majority of your time in the top right, the important but not urgent, because that's the stuff that makes life worth living. Time with your partner, um, time with your family, Time to have sex. That's something that a lot of people don't make time for because it can be done any time, but it's super important. And if you don't make time for that stuff, which can be done any time, but is super important, it won't get done and things will suffer. In the case of sex, your relationship and your mental health will suffer. Um, so Exercise and eating nutritious food. Exercise and eating nutritious food. Also important, but not urgent. Anything that has a chronic low-level aspect to it, will wind up in the top right column. And so your job is finding ways inside yourself to move things from important and not urgent over to urgent and important. You can do that by breaking tasks down, by putting them on a don't schedule. Don't you mean important but not... Don't you mean the other way around? Move it from the important but not urgent column into the important and urgent column. Oh, okay. So, writing fi- writing a hundred books in your lifetime is important, but not urgent. But you can make it urgent by moving that over and writing 
four books this year into important and urgent. Because mm-hmm. then you have to schedule it. You have to make a space in your life for it. And in project management in business, that's how you do it. Basically, we're talking about um, adding adding a sense of time sensitivity yeah. to the chronic tasks. Yes. So that they actually get done. Yeah, to the big dreams, to the long-term goals. All of that stuff. Um, and also to the little maintenance things. Those are all important, and they and you have to make them urgent so they will trump the urgent but not important stuff. You move them up in priority to urgent and important, and you can suddenly make space for them. But the one thing you have to stop telling yourself, in fact, it's a really good thing to watch for when you tell yourself... Oh, I really want to do that, but I don't have time for it today. I'll do it tomorrow. That should be a flag to you that maybe you ought to do it today. Or if you are going to put it off to tomorrow, you have to bump anything else that's in its way tomorrow. Because that procrastination can and will eat up your entire life, creatively, relationally, business-wise, educationally, everything like that. And the other thing to look at is that urgent and important column. It's likely, because this is true with most people, it's likely that you have a lot of stuff up there that actually isn't all that urgent or important. It feels that way for individual psychological reasons, and so you want to ruthlessly downgrade the stuff up there that's getting in your way. A lot of it is going to be not important, but urgent, but feels important because it's urgent. So you want to bump that down to the bottom left as aggressively as you can. Um, Yeah, you may want to work extra hours at work to impress your boss or because the company is in a pinch, but the company is in a pinch, not you. It's an unpopular thing to say in these days of the hyper-work ethic, where everyone spends way too much time at work, but when you are working a job, you are not you are not a slave, and you can't put your meaning of life in your job unless you have a highly specialized career, like writing or being a doctor or something that you're into it because it really does mean everything to you. For most people, their job, even when their job feels extremely important to them, the job is just a way to pay the rent, and the reason it feels important is that you're trying to extract something from it that it's not easily, or that it's not well suited to providing, like personal fulfillment or the approval of a supervisor to... And most importantly... To we, shore up your self-image because we, you we, miss the approval of a parent. We need our jobs to feel important mm-hmm. in order to justify spending the num- number of hours we do right. on it. And the more time we spend on something, the more it becomes necessary to justify it in our heads as something that's important. Yeah. And unless you're consciously aware of that, or you're consciously putting your other things ahead of your job in importance because you that's what you choose to value. Your job will swallow your life. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, and and in doing so it becomes a proxy for all sorts of fulfillment that are more healthy to find elsewhere. Um 
it's really, really important for guarding your personal freedom to keep your relational life separate from your job. Because what the game theoretics of an employer are, I want to convince these people that they're part of a family and part of a team so that they will prioritize what I want them to do above their family, above their other ambitions, above everything else in their life. Because when you do that, you've got an employee who is a slave in all but name, and they do it voluntarily. And it is very, very easy to trick people into doing that, because everyone likes to feel useful and valued. But your employer can drop you like a hot rock the minute that you're not part you're not a integral part of the business plan. So it's a very foolish place to store your value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a transactional relationship and you should treat it as such. When they're when you're on the clock, they're paying you for your time, you give them Everything the job requires, you don't give them your soul. And then you guard the time you're not on the clock. You don't work overtime unless you need the money for something. Or you want the promotion for to a higher position for some real concrete reason other than just being involved in the game. And by making tweaks like that, you can win your freedom back even if you're an employee. And your freedom is what allows you to own your life. And that's... Creativity is an expression of Mm self-ownership. And it's really, really important to own your life. Not to rent it out. So that's what I got. You got anything more? I think you about got it. All right. Well, thank you very much for the question, Don, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.